Hello and welcome to Scott Rock, where your hosts from Climb Scotland, Robert McKenzie, and me, Callum McBain, catch up with climbers every two weeks who have different epic tales to tell us. We hope you enjoy the show. And remember, when you're out climbing, be safe and do your buddy checks. Oh, 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 we're recording. Yeah, okay. Uh, yes, happy birthday to Scott Rock. We are now three years old. What a trip this has been. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself dancing about the country, interviewing and chatting to some super cool people and hearing some amazing stories. Thank you so much to all of our listeners out there. It's, it's greatly appreciated to see how many people are listening to this podcast. Over the last three years, we have had 13,000 downloads across 42 different countries. So we're, we're fully international here. It is awesome. Thank you so much, all of you. Um, but it does get a little lonely back here behind my little microphone. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know, are you enjoying the podcast? Who's been your favourite person that you've heard from? Who do you want to hear from in the future? You know, feedback is always appreciated here at Scott Rock. So please, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from our amazing audience out there. Um, you can contact us with the info at climbscotland.net or you can leave a comment on the podcast or leave a comment on our social media. Um, please let us know what you're thinking. We want to hear from you. But yeah, today we are here with a really cool person. This is going to be a super climby, a bit in-depth, nitty-gritty kind of podcast with one of Scotland's strongest up-and-coming climbers. Jamie Lowther has come up through our competitions. We've seen him climbing hard indoors and out over the last few years uh, and last year he had one spectacular year where he ticked his first E1 and then very shortly after ticked his first E7. That is a major bump. Um, so yeah, this one's a really, really cool episode. We get into the in-depth in with Jamie about his, his attitude to climbing and attitude to trying hard and what sport climbing, trad climbing, competitions mean to him, what climbing means to him. So really, really cool episode. Uh, so yeah, please sit back and enjoy the chat with Jamie Lowther. Uh, I listened to quite a few at the start. Oh. <laughs> You're right. Oh, that was right in the soft bit of the funny bone. Oh, that's going to sound great in the interview. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> that's how we start it. <laughs> Must be the first person ever to injure themselves in a podcast interview. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was really cool. True, I, I was still in Spain when I was. You know, I was seeing all the snow at home and the cold, and I was quite enjoying being warm. So I all right, I thought, rub it in. Yeah, so I thought I'd look into. We'll like, turn you into a winter climber, yeah. 
No. <laughs> I, I was looking at another trip and where it'd be good to go. I, I kind of had to go somewhere where you know, I, I don't have to drive because I can't hire a car yet. Mm. Um, and then some people there were talking about Turkey and started researching it and looked at the, the places to stay. So I knew the climbing would be good um, just looking at the walls. But yeah, um, yeah I, I kind of saw a really nice place to stay and yeah, booked everything. And yeah, I... I guess I, it, it was my kind of, I was meant to only be there for a, a month and uh, a month and a week or so. And then. You were out there for significantly longer than that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> How did that occur? So I, I got an email. Did you get kidnapped or something? <laughs> I, I got an email from the, just, you know, the ledge. Uh, yeah. Kind of saying that we're, we're not quite ready to, to get started yet. So. <laughs> for another month so i i got to stay for another month out there we don't need you quite yeah you, you stay in turkey you know, yeah you, you stay over there which nice. kind of, it worked out well um but because <laughs> I, I think i did most of my best climbing in that kind of second month yeah where uh, it does like it takes you especially when you go to places with big climate changes and totally different rock types than what you're used to climbing on because obviously there's not much limestone yeah. in aviemore yeah. like it does take you a good few weeks to properly acclimatize to yeah. be able to crush yeah and it's so, quite different from spain as well the rock how so i think spain especially now Charles, was, yeah but it was more like pockety polished and like big holds or like every route would have some kind of really good rest somewhere whereas in or maybe it's just the difficulty routes i was trying but uh when i was in turkey there was a lot more two free kind of stuff that you don't get as much in el Toro. Is it maybe similar, more, well, more similar to like Klimnos? Possibly, maybe a little less featured than Klimnos, though. Mm, okay. Maybe some somewhere in between. Mm. But so like, so the Klimnos, but more technical. Uh, possibly, I mean, I don't know how technical Klimnos is, but there, there's. Have you been to Klimnos? No, no. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know why I thought you'd been there. <laughs> so, like, where about in Turkey were you? Uh, we say Turkey. Turkey is quite a large it, country. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of an hour from Antalya. It's on the kind of, I think it's west-ish. Right, okay, sweet. So you're in the sun by the med. Did you go swimming in the sea? No, I never went to the sea. <laughs> what? So like, obviously, like we said, Turkey's kind of, it's not been on the radar for all that long. The, like you were telling me earlier that the like, Bolton's all still pretty new and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So how much... In your research that you did beforehand, like, did you have routes that you want to go and do, like projects to go and yeah. do, or were you just going out to discover what was there? And yeah, because I mean, like I... sitting here at home looking at your Instagram, it was like every day was like, oh, Jamie's crushed another hard thing. Oh, Jamie's crushed another hard thing. Oh, look, there's another eight thing. Oh, he's done another eight eight. Oh my god, oh there's an AA plus. Oh Jamie's crushing again. What's Jamie up to today? Oh he's crushing again. Yeah. Yeah. I I I watched loads of videos and looked at pictures and just to see kind of which routes looked cool and yeah. um and kinda of made a, a list and then when I got out there I kinda of just played it by year and I checked out some of the routes that I kinda of wanted to do and others I would just kind of get the idea from somebody else to try and uh yeah, but yeah, I just kind of yeah, watch videos mostly to, to see which routes look cool. Nice. Um, so I had a bit of an idea going out there, but you know, I found I didn't actually get on any of them for a little while. It took me about 
I think a, a week until I started trying kind of harder routes and then kind of got into it quite quick. How hot was it? Really hot to start with, like way too hot to climb in the sun at the start, but we still did. Um, and then it kind of was just normal for a while and in the sun it would still be pretty warm. So you tried to find shade yeah. um, for the projects that I had. Sometimes you'd have to wait until like the afternoon or evening uh, when the sun went down to try some of them. Yeah. Um, and then there was a kind of cold period for a while, which was really nice. Uh, and then it was warm towards the end again. Yeah. It's funny that like we just can't help ourselves. And I think it's, it's part of being a Scottish climber. Mm-hmm. I've noticed this more with the Scottish climbers than anyone else. No matter how hot it is, and you know that you're not going to be able to try that hard in yeah. the first couple of days, mm-hmm. and you know fine well it's going to be too hot in the middle of the day to climb, you just can't help yourself, can you? Yeah. yeah. Like you get on hard stuff and you fail miserably because it's too damn hot, and you dehydrate yourself to death because you're trying to climb in the heat of the day yeah. and all of the... You know, other Turkish climbers are chilling out in the shade, looking at you like they're an idiot. We just can't help ourselves. Yeah, I think it's you know when there is good weather, which you don't always get as much here, and there's good rock. I think the the sight to climb kind of outweighs the probably the rational. I should be waiting till it's shady or trying yeah. the right routes. <laughs> right, so let's let's change tack a little bit. Um, although I th- I'm going to do like a little introduction spiel at the start of this mm-hmm. before. Uh, the episode comes on but although I'm going to introduce you as one of Scotland's strongest up and cl- <laughs> don't give me that face one of Scotland's strongest up and climbing outdoor climbers right I am going to introduce you as that uh, it's not entirely true I know <laughs> right it's it, it, well sorry it's almost not entirely true because you've actually been around for quite a long time you're not like this isn't your first couple of years climbing like some 15-year-old crusher that's just come out of the wall. Um, your dad's had you out in the mountains for years yeah. and years and years. And, you know, you've come up through the competition scene. You've been a really strong boulder for quite a while. You have been a strong boulder. Okay, maybe not like V17, like Mr. Bosey, strong boulder. I think bouldering, like, especially outdoors, is like my absolute weakest discipline. Yeah, but you're strong. Look, when I say strong boulder, you're stronger than me, Right. And anyone stronger than me, I consider strong. You've done yeah. marks right, I've not, so makes you the better uh, boulder. It's a, it's a numbers game. Um, but, you, you know, you come up through bouldering, sport climbing pretty strong for quite a while. You've definitely crushed harder things like moy and camel and stuff that I've ever done. So, again, I'm considering you strong because you're stronger than I am. Um, so, actually, you're not... You're, you're not quite up and coming because you're still you, you've been around for a, a while but you've kind of just maybe with the trad stuff yeah well that's what i was going to say is you've kind of you've taken that and you've changed gear slightly mm-hmm. into trad climbing and now it's your time to sort of really show us what you're made of <laughs> really show us what you can do so as you know you, you're not you're not up and coming because you've been around for a while, but you're still you're right in the middle of the journey. Like you've got a long way to go, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited to see where you take this. Um, in all disciplines of climbing, not just trad as well. Yeah. Like, but yeah. super excited to see where you go. So, let's dial it back a little bit into your like before this trad epiphany that you've had, uh, and tell us a bit about your sort of climbing history. Yeah. You know, how did you know the classic question? How did that start? Where where, where did it come from? Well, I mean, my my dad's climbed for 
yeah, years and years and years. He started probably when he was around fifteen ish. Yeah. Maybe slightly before or slightly after. Um so I guess when I was about three or four we probably went out climbing the first time. Yeah. Um you know, we'd just go to Trad Crags where we'd top rope and eventually we'd be seconding uh routes quite young. Where did he used to take you? So I mean he's from the lakes, so right. we've done a lot in the lakes and kind of Shepherd's Crag. Um so were you born down the lakes then? No, I I was born up in Inverness. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we've just done a, a good bit there. Right. Um, right yeah. But I mean, I probably started at King UC Crag here. Was probably right. the first place I ever climbed. Nice. Um. Classic. So yeah, all, all the trad crags really. Um. Then when we were seconding, belaying before we probably were able to actually catch him. He was. Oh, put, yeah. He was basically soloing, and we'd be, we'd be belaying. But at, at least we got to practice belaying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so we, we did try for quite a few years and then eventually i got a bit tired of the walk-ins to be cold and be lay for ages and then do a quick kind of easy route so i, I kind of got out of climbing but would just kind of do it at weekends or holidays yeah. you know, going outside and then i think i was i was maybe like 14 when i saw competitions advertised and i got into the indoor climbing went to the indoor walls and started really getting into it yeah. and then that's interesting so you took you kind of you did take a bit of time away from climbing not totally away from climbing obviously, yeah. but dialed it back yeah i wasn't doing it like multiple days a week or anything. right interesting i was just doing it kind of here or there outside yeah and then and yeah. it was about 14 you said when you i saw the kind of comps and indoors. Indoor scene. yeah which i think was nice that i kind of discovered the sport ish on my own yeah you know i was obviously guided at the start i i was the one that decided i really wanted to do it, it makes a difference when that passion comes internally rather than externally yeah. it makes a big difference so I, I started kind of doing the comps i think 2016 yeah. was my first one i did the, the i saw the scottish speed and lead champs advertised and at the time i couldn't like do a lead kind of sport climb um and the speed looked easy because people kind of run up the wall, so it must be easy. And then I went. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope Matthew Fall listens to this. <laughs> yeah, uh, must and, be easy. Yeah, then I went and couldn't actually make up the speed wall, but uh, I still had people on, like the British team come and chat to me. And, yeah, uh, you know, it was my first ever competition, and I've got people that are been doing it for years. Or they're part of the British team, just chatting to me. Uh, so. I kind of just saw how how fun it was, and the next year I went back. Uh, twenty seventeen did the the Scottish lead champs, and kind of barn doored off the second clip on both routes. Um, but really enjoyed it again, and yeah. kept you know climbing. And then the next year I did every Scottish comp that there was, and then the year after that I did most of the comps in Britain. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of COVID stopped comps the, the year yeah. after that yeah um which kind of cut you down in your prime yeah but it gave me it gave me time to kind of train at home i think well, i never had a lot of confidence so the being able to kind of train and and yeah i don't feel confident about my kind of strength was was helpful but coming out of the lockdowns is when i kind of got more into the outdoors yeah. stuff again how did you how did you find that transition from like Climbing semi-regularly at the weekends every now and again and then discovering the, the indoor scene and going to your first comp and realising, like, 
what the standard is mm-hmm. and then you know like you said doing a few more comps and putting the effort in and training at home like how did you find that transition like you know big eye-opening thing knowing yeah. that you had to put a lot of work in if you want to do it like, yeah uh, i mean you know, there, there's something just more fun about it than the other sports like uh, i'd done so many other sports and you know, i'd naturally done kind of okay in them yeah. like i'd usually kind of make a podium or or just do wellish in them and then this was like the first sport where without putting in work <laughs> i wasn't that good you got your ass kicked yeah so <laughs> it was it was but there was something about it, it was more fun than the other sports the mm. community side the yeah just the whole the whole sport was just more fun to yeah. me so i stuck with it and didn't do super well but i i enjoyed it a lot more and i had people that kind of supported me more like i joined kind of the uh team langlands um probably in, i think it would have been 2018 or 19 um and that kind of was was huge to me staying and just enjoying the sport and, and being really motivated and nice. doing all the time nice it's really cool being part of like a, a good team yeah like it's nice having that like solid group and like like you said it's really cool going to the big comps and chant all these big names and cool people and stuff there's yeah. not many sports where you can talk to you know the big dogs in the sport yeah. but like yeah it makes a difference when you've got a solid it kind of came around at the right time as well i wasn't during school that much yeah um yeah so to have a, a kind of a second family or just a, a really fun place to be kind of outside of school was, was really important at the nice. time stop it if pete listens to this he's gonna cry now. <laughs> <laughs> um that's really interesting, actually. So I think a lot of kids, I've seen it quite a few times, where they're really good at a thing or, you know, they go to most, like you said, you go to most sports and you're mm-hmm. naturally pretty good at them. And you, know, you, you can then drift to another sport and you're naturally pretty good at mm-hmm. that. But then the sport that comes along that you get absolutely whooped at, it's like, well, I'm not interested in that. Like most kids would be like, well, I'm not interested in that because I'm not good at that. So it's really interesting that you took it completely opposite way and went, oh, right, here's a challenge. So was that like the moment, like, did you actually have like a a moment of, I am going to be good at this? Like, I'm going to get good at this? Yeah, I mean... Or was it more just like, this is kind of fun, I'm going to stick around and see what I can do? I I really wanted to be good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed the comps. I I think my, my reasoning with comps was that they had like the best routes, like the best set routes are always in comps. They're not just the average climb at the wall. Um, yeah. So you get to do these cool routes and, you know, if, if I made finals, then you'd get to do an even better route. Like that was the whole kind of, I don't motivation really behind them. And, and I was a bit competitive as well. So I enjoyed the competitive side. A bit. <laughs> I remember seeing you in comps. You were a bit competitive. Yeah, but I wasn't good at them either. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. And, and you know, I'd always heard, you know, if you don't do so badly, you work hard and then you'll eventually do well. I kept doing badly. So I kept going back because eventually I wanted to do well. Mm. Um, and eventually I felt like they, they would go well. The, the, I don't know if they, they did, but I think that's because I put too much um, pressure and, and made them mean a bit too much yeah. to to me for like the stage I was at in climbing and ending comps. But it's easy to do. Yeah. It's easy to do. But I enjoyed the days, enjoyed the place I got to go and the people I was climbing with and the routes I was trying. So 
I just kept doing them um, and they felt, you know, you, I felt like I learned so much more from the competition than I did just going to the wall, climbing, um, yeah. you know, your weaknesses were exposed. Your, I felt like, you know, if you could perform in a competition, you could kind of can perform anywhere. Yeah. I think for, for a lot of people, like there are obviously negatives that come from hyper pressurized competitive environments but there's so many benefits from that you can learn from you know mm -hmm. like learning from failure yeah. learning to deal with pressure you know yeah. learning how to socialize with so many different personalities because mm -hmm. climbing has got a wide variety of different personality types yeah. and you know like how to communicate with all these people and different backgrounds and mm -hmm. stuff it's yeah, yeah there's a lot to learn from it yeah. they're, they're really cool but like you said it's super easy to put a bit too much yeah bit too much focus on the result at the end rather than yeah. enjoying the experience I think with youth comps as well with me starting them late mm. i felt like i was on kind of catch up like i had to to catch up with um all the people that started so early so i, I had all this pressure of like I need to catch up with them before I'm out of youth comps and um yeah I think I also wanted to go somewhere with them yeah and I had only a limited time so each one felt like it was the biggest thing like in the world like I, I really had to do well yeah yeah which I didn't because you know my overall kind of motivation with them was just to have fun and yeah and to learn from them but in the day itself I would always a bit too much pressure on them yeah what was your like what was your ambition then like obviously you said you were kind of putting all this pressure on because you wanted them they, they had to mean something you had to yeah. succeed because you had to get to the next thing so what was that next thing like what was the ultimate goal or did you did you have any idea what the ultimate yeah goal was? I, I think a little delusionally like i'd have liked to have been competing like like a higher level yeah um no, I, was not, like, I wasn't I wasn't strong enough or mentally like there, but that's what I wanted to to be at and yeah. Um it wasn't realistic, but it's kind of what gave yeah a bit of purpose to them. Now I'm like I don't think about that at all, but I still do them because of the, the reasons I kinda of said before. Because yeah, um, they're fun to do. But now I've kind of like on the day I can realise that and just just relax. Yeah, exactly. If you fall off early, so cool. Exactly. Whatever. I'll wait till after the comp. I'll get back on it. Yeah, that's fine. So I think it's taken a bit of a more mature head to yeah, yeah, to kind of put what I know works in a comp into into kind of yeah. practice. Obviously, before you got into comps, you said that climbing took a little bit of a backseat. Mm -hmm. uh, outdoor climbing that took a little bit of a backseat anyway. So during your competition phase, was it were you still outdoor climbing as much like every weekend like at the weekends or whatever or did that totally stop for a little bit for a little while it did but it was mostly yeah. the like the trad i, I mean we, we weren't i never really knew about sport climbing or bouldering because yeah. that's not what my dad did there was also not a hell of a lot of it in the highlands no so. yeah <laughs> but I, I was just i had no idea about that and then yeah we'd still go like climbing every so often outside yeah. but yeah not even at the weekends it was very kind of irregular more just at holidays yeah um but when i first started the comps we started going on kind of climbing trips away um to kind of france and stuff so i started kind of getting into the outdoor stuff then and it was still a part of my climbing yeah um 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, ask, like, if it did take a big backseat, which it sounds like it did, like, how did you make your way back to it? Yeah, I think, like, I'm not sure when it was, but uh, I, I was starting to do a bit of sport climbing here or there, maybe yeah. like 2019-ish, like when I was starting to climb well indoors, I kind of knew about the outdoor stuff and yeah, every so often we go out sport climbing because I still wasn't into trad then. I was quite against it still. <laughs> uh, so we started sport climbing every so often. And then I think there was a day where I was with some some people and we went to the camel because uh, one of the guys there wanted to try uh, Death is a Gift, the ATA there. Oh, yeah. So I, so I got on it as well. And I think that kind of really made me like, yeah, I want to pursue. Kind of... Did you crush it that day? No, not that day. Not that day. Yeah. It took me a while until I actually did it because I started trying it way before I was ready for it. I think the hardest I'd so I, we'd been a few climb trips away. I think the hardest I'd done was maybe seven A plus. I think like Margalef. Yeah. Um. So I started trying this route whilst the hardest route I'd done was seven A plus outside. Um. I don't think I'm noticing a theme here, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> noticing a theme here. Um. So that, I mean that that kind of route and and that place really got me like going outside a lot yeah i think there wasn't as uh, i think covid came and then there wasn't as many comps on um so i was just going to the the camel a lot yeah. um trying that route uh, i was doing bits of trad here and there eventually again um uh, i mean there, there's so many different things went on yeah. just trying to remember it all like the I don't know, in my head there's like different times when I, I realized outdoor climbing was the, the thing like I, I was sport climbing here there but I, I can't remember when it was like yeah that's exactly what I'm, I'm doing now the, the trad stuff was somehow I, I was doing bits here or there and I started to kind of learn to lead a bit as well mm. and did a lead route here or there so I've got quite like a, a strong memory of um you know, when we've just been at home, you're only allowed like five miles away. There's no sport climbing five miles away from here. So you know, I had the offer of kind of going to the Cangrums with dad and yeah. I realized that it'd be a, a fun way for us to get outside. And yeah. I really wanted to climb. Like, I really badly wanted to go and climb that wasn't on like a 45 degree board. <laughs> uh, so I was up for doing trad then, I think. Uh, and that made me realize like I'd be up for doing trad because yeah. I can have a day doing an easy nice route and then i can go home and keep up my strength so obviously covid the pandemic like killed a little bit of well killed the comps for quite a while and mm -hmm. you know i think for most people outdoor climbing became the thing to do just because it was the only thing you could do yeah but like did you come into or come back to outdoor climbing, come back to sport climbing, and like you said, trying mm -hmm. uh, hard up at the camel and stuff. Like, did you come back into that with the same, with the same drive as you did in the comps? Like that same, yeah. I'm gonna get good at this. I'm gonna crush this. the the sport climbing. I I definitely did. Like I was, I think I was doing that just before COVID. The sport, like, um, especially like trying deaf as a gift. Like yeah. I was really ambitious to to want to do that and when i started getting close it was like the only route i was trying for a while um but the trad was yeah i mean like i think it was i started watching videos of people trad climbing i saw the hard routes that looked like 
really nice. They were not just like a random bolted line up the rock. It was a, a really nice line. Yeah, so I wanted it was like to... a, a visual feature. Yeah. yeah. So I really wanted to do some of those routes, but uh, my dad wouldn't. Uh, you know, he was very serious about that. You have to learn your your kind of trade before you dive into the hard routes. Although I, yeah, I feel like the hard stuff. If you were to top rope or to like have down the line, you can rehearse it so much that it's not even like you don't have to be skilled. You're just learning a routine yeah. of placing this gear. You don't have to it's know how it works as long as it doesn't matter you... how your gear is if you don't fall off, right? Exactly. <laughs> 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 but I, I eventually accepted his. Like you have to go and learn. So it's definitely uh, how, how how can I word this without insulting your father? Uh, it's definitely like uh, it's quite an old school attitude of you know learning your trade. Mm-hmm. But personally, I think it's a good attitude that shouldn't yeah. be lost. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not the same in bouldering or or sport climbing. You know, you can push yourself really hard really early. Yeah, because the con the the risks are relatively low yeah you know in, in reality they're relatively low trad climbing because those risks are so high and the consequences are so high like mm-hmm. it is important to learn how to do it safely before you yeah. start pushing yourself because you, know, you see people loads of people coming out of sport climbing and buying their first trad rack and instantly they're like trying to crush e1s e2s yeah. and it's like okay you're you're physically able to climb this stuff yeah. But what happens if that hold pulls off? So, yeah, for me, I, last year is when I got into the trad climb. Yeah. Like, I decided that, well, at the start of the year, I wanted to do sport climbing and get back into the comps. But then I started going out trad climbing a little bit. And yeah. then, kind of, um, I think we had a, a trip down to the lakes where I think the goal of, was just to to try and repeat the routes I'd seconded when I was really young or to like, lead them for the God, first time. How big's that list? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but eventually like we were at the crag i think it was uh we had two days there and on the first day towards the end of the day um my dad said do you, do you want to try this e1 yeah. and i tried it and did it and that was my first one um nice. and then at the very end what of did the you day, climb before then I guess HVS would have been the hardest I'd done. So last right, year, the right. hardest... So you did have like a nice little progression up to there, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think... I can't remember like a progression of grades up to E1. Yeah. I just kind of led random routes here or there. But then it was it was definitely Shepherds. I think it was April, maybe, where I did, yeah, my first E1. But that was on like my f- first... Or like first few days of kind of actually tried climbing properly. And then... At the end of the day of that day, we, I did a E2, um, where I kind of, I uh, was just, yeah, given kind of valuable lessons as well about, you know, not place it, that I, I knew I could climb the routes physically, like really easily. Yeah. I was told to, to not skip bits of gear, um, <laughs> just cause you never know what could happen further up, you know, the hold breaks or a foot yep. slips. We've and all that, been there, like, and you'll continue to get into situations yeah. like that where you're like, "Oh, it's an easy route." I, I, like that bit of gear is two meters away. That's fine, right? yeah. and you get up way above it, and you're like, "Oh, wow, yeah. pretty chossy up here." And it's it's just that like that last bit of gear that you place is the bit that saves you when you, yeah, you know, you just see it and you place it. Just that's I kind of learned that lesson. And the next day, I did my first e three. There was a, a cool looking route that. Um, 
my my dad and his friend knew so they kind of yeah I said I should maybe try it and I did and it was really good and then I think that kind of got like I, re- I realized how fun the trad stuff can be yeah so from then on I just did loads and loads of mileage of kind of E2 ground nice. back, which you know was lucky that I was kind of climbing at a good level sport yeah because it meant yeah. I could learn the basics and get loads of mileage on like E2 yeah which is I think a fun grade to climb. I like the um. Th- this is not going to be a <laughs> an advertisement that I'm going to make to the wider population, mm-hmm. but having that physical climbing ability nailed, yeah. like knowing that you can climb reasonably hard stuff, does yes. allow you to do in air quotes podcast air quotes mm-hmm. ready uh, easy climbing on like e1s e2s yeah yeah because i think it's that's a lot more beneficial for learning how trad climbing really works than yeah. doing it on diffs yeah so there's no point like learning how trad climbing well there's no point but like it, it's i think it's harder learning quickly how trad climbing works on diffs when there's gear all over the place you don't really need to think about it you don't yeah. really need to try there's no challenge in it mm-hmm. yeah you can just every time you want a bit of gear there's a big cam right in front of your face like yeah. that kind of stuff's easy and it takes quite a while to learn the kind of intricacies yeah. whereas if you're playing about on e1s where it's like the only gear is the gear that's the there. gear that's there yeah and you only get it when it's there and not when you want it and mm-hmm. it might be a bit fiddly and you got to really think about it i think that's a much faster and better consolidation there's the, you get into a lot more unique situations yeah, totally. and you learn a lot more kind of things that are i guess going to help you in the long run like yeah you can place gear on a no hands rest ledge every day of the week yeah. but learn to do it when you're like a little bit tired <laughs> yeah or like hanging just hanging off your arms and being able to kind of use one arm to like yeah do everything on your harness and yeah. i suppose it's like in saying that like it's all relative like mm-hmm. you know if you know whatever an easy route is for you e1 e2 yeah. like that's going to be top end for a lot of people so their easy routes are going to be Mm-hmm. severes and stuff but like learning to trad on slightly harder stuff where you do have that challenge and you do actually kind of need to try a little mm-hmm. bit and it's maybe not quite as obvious they're much 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 more valuable learning yeah and I, I think that was the key to making a quick progression because yeah. i think after that e2 is the hardest i'd yeah or if i i did, did that one whoa, e3 whoa, whoa let's let's slow down a okay. second let's slow down a second because like this is we're getting into the really exciting stuff now yeah. we've done we've done your history we don't care about that anymore we're now we're getting to the real nitty-gritty yeah. the, the exciting stuff so like yeah uh last year was like man you went from zero to a hundred like you said like you started you did your first e1 then immediately did your first e2 and then immediately did your first e3 and yeah you know, then you could dial it back and did all this mileage, and which is really cool. But I don't know if you'll be able to put this in words. But what what triggered that? Like, what, where did the spark come from? Of like, oh, this is cool. Was it like taking a discipline that you hadn't done a lot of before that was maybe quite intimidating, and realizing that actually, with all this background you've got in hard sport climbing and competitions, and it's like, oh, actually, I can do all that easy. And it's just adding an adventure to what I could normally climb, or was yeah. it like the 
I don't know what I'm doing. I need to learn a new thing. Mm. Like, you know, when you start a competition, you're like, oh, this is a challenge. Yeah. I need to get good at this. Like, yeah. what, what was the spark? Well, I, I think in climbing, I, I just love it for the movement. But easy routes in sport climbing, you can never really appreciate the movement because you do it unconsciously. Um, but when I, I started doing some of those kind of, you know, easier routes on trad, I was still having fun actually climbing. The movement was easier, but I was still having fun. Um, so I think I just uh, realized I can, I can kind of climb whatever and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be really hard or easy. So I could just go and do lots of it. And then, yeah, there was the, I've never been so into the gear faff. Placing gear was kind of interesting. It's just all the, the belays and stuff were a bit of a faff. But I started enjoying like the challenge of placing gear and uh, I guess, yeah, just the extra challenge of climbing and the run outs were interesting. And there, run outs just... are interesting. Oh, like there's the title of this podcast. Run outs are interesting. I don't know. They, yeah. they, they make easy climbing more thought-provoking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is kind of fun um it's a really nice way to think about easy trad climbing actually i never quite considered that that you know like you said easy sport climbing because it's quite easy you're just you switch off from it you exactly. don't really focus on the movement and like by the end of it you're like oh that was kind of cool but you can't actually remember it yeah trad climbing because you're a little bit more in the moment yeah, yeah. and it, they also That's a really nice way of thinking about it yeah by getting to my trad it meant there was just more to do like there's so much more climbing was now available to me um i was having these fun days out especially with like my dad yeah uh, doing the discipline that he knows really well um so that was loads of fun to me um yeah i was just having much more memorable experiences going out climbing um and it was just another challenge to like rather than like having to physically train to get good it was like you just go climb lots and have a, a conscious effort of improving and you would improve. Here's a question. So I just listened to a podcast. God, I can't remember who it was now. Was it Bert Krishner? Do you know the name yeah, of Bert yeah, Krishner? Yeah, the, yeah. the machine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was him. I think it was him. Um, and he was saying that like when kids come up in sort of teenage years, they just think their parents are dumb. I really, I really hope your dad's going to listen to this. So you, you think your parents are dumb and like you don't listen to them anymore. I and say that. <laughs> no, but like some yeah. They, the you, you don't listen to your parents any anymore. You kind of rebel against them and mm. you you go your own path and you do your own thing. And then mm. when you're kind of coming into your twenties, late teens, twenties, like you start to have a bit more of a oh, actually they do know what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, actually they're quite cool. Mm. Oh, they all right. They're quite good at this. Yeah. So like you know your dad taking you trad climbing when you were younger and then you kind of going off on your own path and then coming back to trad climbing with him again. Like, did you have that moment of like, ah, dad, I'm doing my own thing. Like I'm, I'm going to go and this is my area. And then when you came back going, whoa, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I always knew he was like a good climber. But when I was, doing, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not no, saying no, you no. actually thought he was dumb. No, no. I really yeah. hope he listens to no. this. <laughs> but w- when I was like sport climbing or doing the indoor stuff, um, there wasn't as much like he could, you know, give to me yeah, in yeah. terms of that stuff. Like I, I remember us being at the wall and um, him being taught how to root read, um, even though he'd been climbing for yeah, like you know, thirty years or more. 
Uh, well, old more, school trad daddies don't root read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then when we started trad climbs together, you know, it was, yeah, I was, I was learning lots. It wasn't like normal trad climb with your friends either, yeah. where they, you just get to the belay and start chatting. You'd get to me at the belay and immediately was telling me about every single bit of gear yeah. I placed oh, yeah. and what my belay looks like um, and stuff. It, it was, yeah, it was really, our trad days were not just like, normal going out climbing every day was a yeah. purpose like every route had we'd kind of talk about every route yeah. not just like how fun it was and stuff but like what like, i could have done better and stuff so that all really contributed to me learning loads really fast and and that i kind of enjoyed that yeah. as well i think your dad like he's a smart dude like he could see it he could see that fire burning in you and he's like right these these days out we're going to use them and I'll make sure that you're doing this right. Yeah. Because I think he could see what was coming. Yeah. And, and that's what I enjoy as well. I, I, you know, like going out climbing is fun, but I really like talking about the route and what yeah. could be done better. Like I'm constantly looking at what can be done better. If I get told oh, that was all right and that was good, it's, it's not that valuable. Whereas, yeah, I, I, I do like the criticism and the, good. and the, yeah. See, that's the yeah. kind of thing that will make you a really safe trad climber. Mm. There's the, you know, it's really easy to only get compliments all the time and you never actually learn anything. And anytime someone says something negative about something you've done or it gives you cri- like critical criticism or mm-hmm. constructive criticism, sorry, you know, it's really easy to switch off from that and just continue doing your thing. But and then because you're never learning you're never learning how to be safe. But because you're coming at this with the attitude of like, tell me what I'm doing not quite good enough so I can be better at it. Yeah. You know? That means, you know, when you go start pushing your grades super hard, which we'll come on to, you're going to be safe when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So that's cool. Um, And so what was going on in your head when you were starting to push these grades then? So obviously you did e1 e2 e3 and then you dialed it back and did a bit of yeah. mileage and then when you started well it was the day we were at cummingston yeah i was gonna say is that, was this the next step because man that was yeah. a wild day yeah i think yeah it was uh you know we were, we were kind of just taking the kids out climbing for the day and um i think it was throughout the day i was kind of just looking at the prowl there because it's cool there's big holes and it's, it's such steep, a cool feature right um and it's not all sandy like the rest of cummingston yeah. um and yeah, I think I was like once the the session finished, and I was just looking at it more. I remember you saying, "Do you want to do it?" And I was like, "I didn't expect to actually be trying it today." And yeah, I think I, I can't remember what I said, but I think it was just. I remember yeah. it clear as day because you're. I could see you all day. You were staring at this route because it it's the most beautiful feature out of the whole crag. It's yeah. gorgeous and it it's so imposing and impressive, mm-hmm. and I could see you being inspired to yeah. get on it and i led that thing when you know i was 15 16 something mm. something like that and i haven't been back on it since so it's been nearly 15 years yeah. and i've been wanting to get back on it but haven't had the confidence to get back on it yeah and last year was like the first year i was like oh, actually no like i know that route i can climb yeah. that route so when i saw it in you i was like this is my excuse yeah. i've got a belayer who's psyched let's go yeah. let's do it now i'm not a super confident person so i i, I probably wouldn't have just gone 
can yeah. I get a relay on this? Like I needed, I you think, needed somebody that to little kick first. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I would I was there to be able to give you that kick because yeah. man, it was impressive. And and for me, I think I'm quite different, for, especially for my dad, and that I, I won't just go and take risk for yeah, or put myself in a position where I'm not sure what will happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to have you there to be able to like who knows the route and would go up it first was was really nice. It, it meant I. I got to second it, felt really kind of easy and, yeah. and, and was just good fun. Yeah, I, I was like immediately ready just to, I was like super confident just to get on it. Yeah. that yeah. It was so cool. Like, you know, you seconded me up it and I was like, oh, do you want to, do you feel like you could lead that? And yeah. you're like, yep, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Let's rock. And you absolutely cruised it. And like, there was definitely a switch flipped of like, right, hard trad grades. If you're a strong sport climber, mm-hmm. aren't that hard? Yeah. Like if you know, if you're an AA sport climber, they're not that hard. Mm-hmm. As long as you can control the head game, yeah. All good. So like what was going through your head kind of before that route and on the route, like taking it to that next level? Because you know, bumping the E five from E three is that's a big deal in trad climbing. Yeah, and I I'd only done one E three before that. One yeah. that my dad and his friend were I mean that's kind of, a big deal like. yeah I think I wasn't that I wasn't super stressed like I knew the kind of holds in it and I knew like that wire that protected the kind of the middle of the route <laughs> that was so I, I knew how good that was because I had to like I was so hard to get out the first time so yeah I was a bit scared there so I welded it yeah. apologies <laughs> no I, I think I did the same when I yeah, led as well like yeah, I've, did you have to you had to sit on the rope I, think, I had to sit on the rope it. to get it out yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think I was pretty relaxed starting up it. I think I was just chatting to you whilst I was going up that kind of right side. Yeah, like um, you're in the middle of the crux on an E5 chatting away. Yeah, I, I was pretty <laughs> relaxed. And then um, there was the one move when you're going from the jugs just kind of out to the very yeah. edge that okay, I, I kind of stopped talking on and yeah. did. And then, yeah, it was just it was just a, a fun experience. I was just trying to stay as relaxed as possible. Nice. And to do that, I think chatting can be kind of fun to do that, and then quiet when you need to focus. It's, yeah, it was just it was just good fun. I think that's sick. And like, so afterwards, did you did you have a, a moment to kind of do your own little internal feedback and think yeah. about the route and be like, that was good, or I could work on that, or or was it just like game on? Let's go! I can do this. Let's do it. Oh, I, I think yeah, when I was at the top, I was like, oh, that was fun. Like, that was so cool just to, to do a route that had a bit more fall potential. And uh, oh, I, it was more of just a, that was a, a cool experience. And it was, yeah, it was the start of like, I know if I work, you know, either I go up a route first, like kind of checking it out and stuff, I can do some really cool ones now. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't have a lot of thought process sometimes. <laughs> and that's why I think chatting to somebody is good. It's because they can provoke the, the thought process. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes on like super scary routes, it's good not to have a thought yeah. process as well. But I think once I, I loaded you down, I was having to set up the, the app so I could come down. Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I was just like smiling the whole time. Yeah. I, was, I was really happy. Yeah. That was such a cool end of the day. Mm-hmm. Such a cool end of the day. Like, you know, for people that don't know what we're, what route we're talking about, the Prow at uh, Cumminston is 
it's not a super tall route, but yeah, it's I don't super think it's a, mega overhanging. Yeah. I don't think it's a super hard E5 either. I mean, even if it was E4, 3, whatever it was yeah. given. I, but I mean, the, it, those what, holds in the crux, they're not great. They're kind of slopey. And yeah. if you're not good on slopers and from the crux move, the fall potential yeah. is death. Yeah. I think, so it is a super serious route, but yeah. magical one for your first E5. Man. I, I, I yeah, to us, I, I didn't care much about the grade either because I didn't know what grade it was or the route name when I was looking at it. Yeah. I, I just thought it looked cool and that's that's all that really mattered to me was there was a fun route no matter if it was soft or hard yeah. or whatever. That's that's such a, a like an old school amazing attitude to come at climbing with is like, that looks cool, I want to climb it. Mm-hmm. Not looking at the guy boot going, what's the next like big grade I can yeah. take because yeah. you didn't even know it was E5 when you did it, did you? No, you told me I, after. Yeah, I didn't even tell you beforehand. You were just like, that looks sick. I want to climb that. Yeah. Yeah. Strong work. Which is I, it e- E56B? E56A? I don't know. Oh, E5 anyways. Yeah. Mega, mega route. Super impressive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like that was, no, that was midsummer. Was it midsummer? About, about midsummer. Yeah. Yeah, about then. So. Um, you know, you've crushed this E5 and but it wasn't very long after that that you took on Dalriada. Yeah, I think there was uh, there was a little bit of time, maybe. Uh, it was septem- like a month. Oh, September, I started trying it. Um, was it? Yeah, I tried it in like first few days of September. Right, right. Yeah, because there was a. Oh, I'd, I'd done this with Death as a Gift. I wanted to do 8A before I turned 18. Yeah. Uh, and with this, like a route coming up when I turn 20 uh in the end of september it was never like like i was a bit annoyed like this is gonna be a bit of pressure because i did that to myself before um but yeah i i wanted to get it done quickly like the idea had come at the start of the year when i was just getting to my trad i was chatting with anna wells yeah in Vestwall. she was mentioning that she might want to try it um so i had this idea that we're trying i wanted to try it kind of the whole year um and then the weather was never like yeah last summer was a bit into it yeah and then i guess at the end of the year i got a message from uh nick wiley yeah. um and if i wanted to go try it with him and uh his climb partner sam um that I'd, I'd met nick at um dunkeld yeah. um i'd mentioned that it'd be cool to try someday um and somehow, I guess he remembered me saying that and messaged me when, he, if I wanted to join them. So, yeah, it was kind of early September, and I I drove down for the day. Uh, they were both kind of already ready for lead attempts because yeah. they had a session before. Um, originally that day I was thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I'll give a lead goes or not. But when I was there, it was like, oh, I think I'll just second it today. It's you know, it's quite a big route. I've never yeah. tried something so hard. Um. Yeah, and like so I, going for the ground up on that would be yeah, yeah. That's that's ambitious. You know, it's what what grade is it? E seven six B. E seven six B. Yeah, so that's a, like a, that's a wild route, man. Yeah. And it's one of Scotland's most iconic routes as yeah. well. Like I, it, I think it's Britain's best looking route. It, I can't think of a better looking route it's either. It's just stunning, isn't it? Yeah. And it just comes with all this history and lore and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's a big one to take on. So yeah, I, I totally understand the cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have a seconding day. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> yeah. had I got to have two go seconding it. Mm. The first like was all going well and then in the kind of steepest part 
uh, I kind of climbed a bit off route and couldn't down climb, so I just asked to take. Yeah. Um, so I could get back into place, uh, not thinking about the overhang. So when I took, I was well out from the wall and couldn't get back on, so I had to to lower. And then I got to on my second go, uh, seconding, I did the route clean until the head wall where I like slipped on the crimps, but got back on and then yeah. did it and realized I can do all the climbing. I've got a really good memory for routes as well. So I memorized just from seconding every bit of gear and, nice. and all the Makes moves. Makes a big difference that, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. And I remembered every single move. So um, I think it was a couple of weeks later when like, we were trying to organize us to go climb again. Yeah. There's a weather window, like a really good bit of weather coming up that I knew was really good. I think it was the night before like I saw the weather was really good the next day. I don't think they were available. Um, so I messaged uh, one of my dad's friends, Paul Forburn, or Storky. Yeah. And uh, just asked if he would come and be like me on it. And he was up for it. So I had my first couple lead goes. First go, I was like, oh, I'll do the routes. It didn't feel that hard. And remember all the gear goes. Uh, and as I was going up, I was like climbing it horrendously. A bit more nervous than I thought I would be. And then I think at the first like physical crux, I just kind of pumped out. I couldn't figure out my feet at all and yeah. came off, uh, which was my first trad fall as well, which was, was nice to take. Sorry? I I, I mean, I, I wasn't climbing hard stuff in the rest of the year, so I never had the chance to really come off. You took your first ever trad fall on an E7? It was a safe fall, though. It's a pretty safe route. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. I, dude, like, that's impressive like to get to e7 and be pushing it without having taken a fall and because i don't think people i don't know how you felt about it but i don't think people truly understand how the gear all works or have like 110 percent confidence in it until they've taken a fall and it's like oh actually it's all good yeah yeah so like to not even have that experience yet before mm. getting on an E7 is wild to me. I think I find sometimes you just have to block out what can happen. Like you trust that what you've placed is good and you know, you, you kind of understand how the gear should work. So I have this like, that I've never been like super scared being above my gear because probably you, know, you shouldn't because you know when there's times where you just shouldn't fall off. Yeah. But I was, I'm pretty good at just like switching off like that just a bolt down there just tell yourself like do you have to go into a bit of sport climbing mode to get through sections <laughs> no don't go into sport climbing mode the way you just sport climbing mode is like oh it's, it's cool it doesn't matter what happens i can fall off at any point like trad climbing mode is cool yeah. i'm in a no fall zone but I, I like i'd say like when i tell myself when there's times you just need to try hard yeah your gear is below you to a point where there's nothing else you can do. The climbing is not your physical limit, and you know there's gear coming up. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to flick the switch of it's time to it. tr- it's time to try hard, go to the next section. I'll place this gear. Then you can start thinking again on all the kind of uh, everything else that's happening. But like that, that's kind of how I was with stuff. So I wasn't super scared, and yeah, I took that that wee fall. It wasn't. Like, how super- was the fall then? It was it was good, yeah. It was just onto like a a cam. The, the the guys were saying it was like the worst bit of gear on the route, but it was I thought it was really good. I got it really deep in this like crack, so it was good. And and it was another wire that I would if that came out, I'd be onto next. It's really yeah. good, and it was just into space because the route is steep. So. Did Did you have a moment where you you know 
you just stopped, you just landed in the rope, and you look up and go, "Huh, did hold." Yeah, yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, that was that was all right. That wasn't too bad." Yeah. And then I, I think I just pulled back up. Yeah. Rested, and then I went to the the head wall from there. Yeah. I think I rested on one of the pegs up there. Right. And then did How the head. How are the pegs looking these days? They're all pretty good. One okay. of them you can lift out. Pretty good then, yeah. Uh, most of them. <laughs> that that one maybe not, but uh, the rest of them are, are are pretty good. I don't think there's as many as there used to be though. I think I've heard there used to be loads. Yeah. Now there's two right at the bottom next to each other, um, and then two right before the head wall, um, and then two uh, next to each other, kind of at the base of the head wall. Yeah. Um, How tough is that head wall? I'd say that's the the crux of the route. Yeah, like, definitely the red point crux because no matter how good the rests are before, you've still got this like lingering tiredness mm. and a bit of mental tiredness as well that you just have to be like, really switched on up there. Friction's a bit hard because you're holding on to like little quartz holds that are really small, um, so it's 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 pretty hard. I mean, I never I never took the the kind of famous fall that's like really big and quite safe on it. Um, because I, uh, well, on my first like lead attempt, you know, I rested on those base pegs and then climbed the whole thing and found a, a spot that in the middle of the head wall for like a blue cam, um, that's maybe makes the, blue. yeah, right. It maybe makes the head wall a little less safe because if you take that fall from the very top, you might clip the the head wall. Um, whereas if you just had the pegs, you would just go into space. Yeah, but yeah. I quite liked having a bit of gear up there in the middle. Yeah, like. I get the fear of pegs that have been there for a while that yeah. I didn't place. Yeah, totally get the fear. But it's it's also it's just nice to have gear closer to you that rather than like way way below your yeah. feet because that, that is really run out head wall. Um. So yeah, I I I placed a cam there and then went to the top and it was it was all right. Um. Second lead go, it was the kind of same like guy. Well, it was actually, it was much better. I climbed all the way to the head wall thinking I was doing the route. And I think I just placed my feet really way too low. So when I was clipping the peg, I was having to lock off a bit. And I went from being totally fine to absolutely boxed in like seconds. And just, there was nothing I, I could do. I, I, I came off, but that yeah. fall was like a top rope fall because the peg was above my head. Yeah. So I had managed to clip it. And then I went to the, the top from there. And, uh, and then I think... It wasn't until the end of the month, the 29th of September, when um, I got the message again if I wanted to go and try the route. And that time I, I went and stayed at a friend's uh, house down there. Um, when staying at theirs just meant I, I didn't have to wake up at... Stupid o'clock. Yeah, to drive three hours. It was a half-hour drive instead. Coming out of that a little bit more fresh. Yeah, and on, on the way there, I was just listening to, like, a, I think one of the Hazel Finney's podcasts on performing kind of under pressure a bit and stuff and just kind of yeah took her advice that nice. she'd given to the world uh shout out hazel yeah <laughs> well in in the podcast i think the main bit i took from it was uh on route she'd set like a primary and secondary objective um so or like there was an overall objective but there was these kind of smaller ones that would help to progress that one mm. so for me i i made it that all I wanted to do was get established on the head wall. I just, yeah, uh, I just wanted to get to the head wall. Yeah. Like, uh, 
I knew I could get there kind of fine. And it doesn't matter what happens on it. As long as I get onto it, it's, you know, that's objective tape. That's better than what I did last time. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, um, yeah, the kind of, the objective would change. Like the, the overall objective is always to do the, the route. Yeah. Um, so one, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I just set the day out to be is like, I just want to get established in the head wall. If I do the route, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And, the day went went really well. We we got up there, and Sam and Nick said they were going to go set up the belay. So um, I just started warming up. It was pretty cold at the start of the day, which I knew would suit me best because I've got such sweaty skin. The colder conditions would yeah, be yeah. better for me. So before kind of saying anything to them, I'd already decided I was going to go first. Yeah. Um, because it was windy as well, and so I was all warmed up by the time they got down to me, and I decided I was kind of ready to go. And, it all just went really, really well. Like I think it was the most fun I've ever had on a route. Like the most in the moment I've been. I wasn't like super focused on the climbing and that I didn't pay attention to anything else. The climb was going easily and I was focused on it, but I was aware of like I don't know, just kind of everything else that's happening around. I was at the rest, I was just looking at the view and yeah. taking it all in. The very last rest at the top, I was kind of just happy to kind of Again, looking at the view, listening to the sounds around, and then yeah, the I just kind of switched on when it went onto the head wall, and yeah, it just all went really easily. Apart from like before you very like top out, I lost like where my holds were, and I couldn't find this like left hand hold so I could go into the top. So I was searching around, it just felt like a, a wee dimple in the rock. So I just laid like really far away from it and, and just kind of slapped on top and did it, and it nice. was. I don't, I don't think I even had a, a celebration or anything. It's just, yeah, really fun. Like nice. I, I don't, there's never, yeah, not had that much fun kind of climbing before. Man, it's so cool when you know, you've had this big objective for a while and mm -hmm. it, you've put a lot of work into it and stuff and it turns out to actually be a proper magical experience. Yeah, yeah. That's sick. It's, I mean, I think... Yeah, it's well, such a route as well. Like yeah. it is one of the most iconic routes. It looks stunning, mm -hmm. and you got the photo off you on it, which is the most important thing. But obviously, <laughs> I was wearing just didn't gray clothes. Didn't happen if you don't have the photo for Insta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was definitely like I realized it was a kind of special moment, yeah. like That's uh, it. the kind of my first real like hard route. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, it kind of just felt like the start of of things. Um, yeah. Well, talk, talking about the start of things then, obviously, like we're coming into the new summer sending season. Mm -hmm. um, and you said you came into last year already kind of thinking about Dalriada as yeah. maybe an objective, and then it became much more realistic as an objective, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you absolutely crushed it. Yeah. So do you have a new objective this year like what's on the cards there's no a specific route is hard because last year that i knew the route was kind of safe and mm. uh, it, it was it was just like super super inspiring that route yeah. sadly there's no other better looking route no like there's no cooler line um but yeah i think i just want to develop on the skills I learned from Dalriada and that um now I've I've I think I've earned the 
the right to try more hard routes. So, D- uh, damn right you've earned the right to try hard routes. <laughs> yeah, I've put in like a, a lot of the mileage. Yeah, to learn the gear and yeah. to be safe. Uh, so I think this year I, I, I just want to kind of see how it goes. Like, yeah. I think I get inspired by routes by just talking to climbing partners and stuff. So yeah. I just need to get out climbing. I think there, there's a bunch of. <laughs> You know, if you're wanting to really push grades, then it's the, you know, the physicalness is, it's almost an easy tick. Like, we know how to train, we know how mm-hmm. to get strong, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the route requires, we can train specifically if we need to mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that's almost an easy yeah. tick. I think- it's the the mental side of it that is maybe the long one to, to get over. And like you said, if you're able to have that moment of switch, it's game on, it's time to try hard. Uh, that's a really cool skill to have. And there are yeah. loads of actually super safe E5s and stuff around yeah, I Scotland. Still, I still need to are... do an E6 because I've not done one yet. So I'll do that. Nobody cares me. about E6. <laughs> Nobody cares about E6. But like, there's so many super safe E5s out there mm. that feel super bold, but the fall yeah. is actually totally sound and the gear's bomber. Yeah. So like, they're really good ones yeah. to get on to just hone that think... game on skill. Yeah. Like, and... Um, then man, it's just it's go after that. Mm-hmm. Robbie Phillips, watch out. <laughs> I, I think there is a cool opportunity to that. That you know, him and Dave McLeod put up so many first ascents and done second ascents of each other's routes. Mm. There is the cool opportunity to do third ascents, but maybe not not yet. I I've messed out my like objectives of the year and what I want to go of this year. Yeah. Um. With the trad, there's no grade that I want to achieve. I don't yeah. want to. I think when you start at the stage I've done, if I want to push new grades now, then I'm getting into territory where routes can be more dangerous and stuff. So yeah. I think sport climbing, it's it's fine to. I'm not trying to grade chase, but to want to push to another grade because it just means an, a new level of understanding movement mm. and uh, your climbing. It, it just brings your whole climbing up by trying to look towards. It's a difficulty you've not done before. So with sport, yeah, I'd like to, to keep pushing yeah. um, the grade, but trad, there's no grade objective for the year. It's just... It's about climbing the iconic. Yeah, it's just doing more good-looking routes, but also developing the skills from last year and really yeah. solidifying them. Like, I was on-siting, kind of... like I on-sited loads and loads of E2s last year. Mm. I did a few E3s, so... I think this year, you know, to up my level of understanding of and you know my level of ability of onsighting, it's just to try some some kind of threes and fours, yeah, um, maybe some some fives as well. To E three is the best grade, yeah. <laughs> e three is the best grade where it's like you're you're pretty much guaranteed safety, yeah. But the climbing is super interesting. Yeah, and I don't think I understand trad grades enough yet to be to know a route and be like, I can do this on site i can you know i can probably head point whatever but knowing what i well not whatever yeah like at a certain grade i can probably you know head point most of them but you know so figuring out what's in the harder stuff as well it's figuring out what's projectable what's doable in a day what's yeah. a long-term project that stuff i've I've got to figure out still so i, I just need to get on a load of different climbs i think and see For what me, comes like because I, I, I know that E3 is my favourite grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to climb E3 forever. Yeah. And to do that, my 
sport climbing grade needs to be about 7B, 7B plus. And then I know I am totally confident stepping on any E3 and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, beyond that, like E4s, E5s, I've got to think about it a little more yeah. before, you know. But you'll learn that, you know, line yourself. You'll learn, like, mm-hmm. what sport grade you need to be at to be able to confidently tick X, yeah. you know. Yeah. That, that'll all come come with so, the practice. So I think we've tried this year. I'm just going to, at the start, need to just, like, I've not even, because I've been away sport climbing, I just need to get out trying to climb in loads at the start. Like, I just need to do as much as I can, which is, it's hard when you're you're yeah. busy, but I'll try and do that a bit, and then I think eventually you know, there'll be routes that come into mind that I'd like to do. I mean, it was only last year that I I don't think I'd even done my first E one yet at this time yeah. last year. <laughs> so I've still got a bit now. Of look what you've done. Time. Yeah, that's what I'm just like <clears throat> kind of excited to see what you do this year. Like I'll I'll be I'll be proud of you. If you just take a year and do schedule to mileage climbing all yeah. the like up to E5, E6, mm-hmm. classic routes, because you'll have such a good year, yeah. man. That's what I'd like to do. And then maybe like get a couple of like really cool routes in yeah. as well. What about multi pitch land? Like, yeah. You cite the multi pitch yeah. stuff or are you. Yeah, there's yeah. there's more skills, I think, to learn. I mean, I've done quite a few now. Like yeah. uh, the shelter zone was really fun last year. Doing yeah, you needle did steeple, right? And the needle, yeah. And the needle, nice. Yeah, they were both really good fun. And I've done other ones, like when I was just first learning, first learning trad, there was not a lot of single pitch stuff in some of the places I was going to. So I was doing multi-pitch at the same time as I learned single. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done more multi-pitch trad than I have done sport multi-pitch. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely keen to do more of that. Sweet, um, sweet. Uh you should look at getting out to like the islands and doing some yeah. big adventurous yeah. stuff because like that's the kind of territory where you can you know climb on severe's vs's mm-hmm. you know and have just the most adventurous scary experience <laughs> scarier than you'll find on any e7 yeah. you know <laughs> when you're 50 meters from a roaring sea mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, i hope it goes yeah i mean it- yeah, I think at some point that will that yeah. will happen. Um, not too sure when, like, but yeah, at some point it will. I I think I've I've got a trip planned for the end of the year. Oh, yeah. In August, I'm going to Sweden, uh, to Bohuslän. Hell yeah. yeah! Nice. So there's uh there's a wee festival thing there that's on for a couple of days, but then those kind of friends I made when I was in Spain. Yeah. Um, that I'll get to climb with there from there. Nice. Nice. Well, I am psyched to see how this year goes for you. And like, keep keep me in the loop. I liked climbing with you as well. Like, mm-hmm. it was fun. That yeah. Day. I, I, in fact, I think the Pro was the last route we did together. <laughs> yeah. 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 More of that, please. Mm-hmm. I quite liked it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, what a cool guy, yeah? What a cool guy. I, I feel reinvigorated after that. I've got a new perspective to what trying hard and what climbing means really lovely attitude to climbing really really good good attitude to climbing actually yeah very impressed with jamie really cool to hear from a a young gun that's still maybe come up through that traditional method of climbing outside and then finding indoor climbing getting strong and then taking that back outside again really really cool to find a young person that's still going through that traditional upbringing traditional climbing upbringing sorry yeah really cool to hear it from jamie and thank you so much jamie for taking the time and sitting down with me and i am i consider myself 
privileged to have been at least a small part in his journey. That day we had at Cumminston was so impressive and inspiring to see. But like Jamie was telling you, his dad, long-time mountaineer, long-time climber, making sure that he is keeping it safe out there and te teaching him the right way. I bet you there's one thing his dad is making sure he's doing every time, is doing his buddy checks. You should too.